Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence, so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. All right, everybody, welcome to the Successfully Unemployed show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how you can have a fantastic life not working for somebody else in a J-O-B, that just overbroke job. And I have somebody on who is going to show us how we can actually use words to sell, to make money, to also provide for our family. So I have Chris Orzakowski on with me. He is from the emailcopywriter.com and he's going to show us exactly how he makes money without working that J-O-B, that just overbooked job. He's a normal guy just like us. And so, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Dustin, for having me. I'm really excited about this. I love the thought of copywriting because as you're writing better copy or the words that people read, as you write better, people understand you more, they like you more, or if you do it wrong, it's the opposite. They do or don't. So, <laughs> How do you make money to provide for your family and provide for yourself without having that J-O-B, that just overbroke job? So for the past seven years now, uh, the number one way that I predominantly made money to pay my mortgage, for my bills, uh, to put food on our table has been with client work. So it turns out that there are you know, 28 million at least companies in the U.S. alone. Uh, millions more, obviously abroad, and every single one of them has one thing in common: they all want to make more money. They all want to sell more products. So, you know, sometimes they have internal marketing teams. Sometimes they're doing the marketing themselves. They have no idea what they're doing. So they like outsourcing a lot of the creation of their copy and their funnels and their launch packages and everything else to someone like me. So basically, it's it's for 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 most of my time as a writer it's just been doing a lot of client work and going super deep and creating entire uh, marketing campaigns mostly online campaigns although some offline but mostly online campaigns and the past 5 years or so it's really been focused for me on writing emails so i'd say 90% of the work that i do is literally writing emails uh not the emails like you know you'd send to a friend although they sometimes look like that but they're more uh the mark the really good marketing emails you see in your inbox every day i found that with my email campaigns for master passive income trying to show people that that there's a way to invest in real estate and that you can make money every single month my emails really help people to realize that they can do it and it's just either the way i word it now i've never hired a copywriter and i've done a little bit of copy learning about copywriting um but more than likely, I'm not doing it right. So if we were to, it just in general, can you tell us um, the the idea that you're a, basically, I, I think you're more like a salesman or you're somebody that helps people to make more money. What, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. So the cool thing about email and, and it, it is like copy is known as like salesmanship and print. And the cool thing with email is that not only does it give you a great opportunity to sell, but it also gives you a great opportunity to build that relationship and kind of bridge the gap between your business and your customers. And with email, it's so cool because email, you know, most advertisements out there are they're, they're interrupting you or they're pushing a message in front of your newsfeed as you're scrolling and you want to scroll by it real quick. So it's really hard to do this kind of advertisements. But most of the time with email, we voluntarily opted and we said, I want to learn more from you. I want to learn more about real estate. I'm going to sign up for your list because I want to hear more. So I always love that dynamic. 
Uh, because when you do that, it's not interrupting people. It's not like jamming an ad in between their favorite television show. It's like, hey, I'm going to give you some cool stuff. I'm going to show you some cool things. I'm going to share some stories with you. And eventually when you're ready, there's opportunities for, for you to buy. As I get on newsletters, I start looking at good copy, or at least to me, it's like making me want to either move forward or to buy. I usually try to copy it or, you know, like, like highlight it and save it into mm -hmm. a file because I'm like, man, that's good stuff. I probably, I usually never go back to it. I just, in case I ever <laughs> think to do it well, now. One day. Yeah, exactly. So Chris, you've been doing this for quite a while. So for the past seven years, you've been doing copywriting, which is, I mean, in the online space, seven years is a long time. So that's fantastic. Now take us back before you started doing copywriting when you had a, just a job, you're working as a normal employee. Talk to us about that. And then the process of getting into copywriting and being able to quit your job doing that. After college, well, when I was in college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I, I was a wrestler and I was like, well, I really want to coach wrestling because I don't know what else I want to do. So I was like, oh, I'll become a teacher. So uh, I was a school teacher and I was coaching wrestling. But as soon as like, I remember like that first week of, of me teaching, I like came home and I was like, I really don't want to do this. And then I looked, we had this, I'll never forget, we had this little booklet and it was like your contract booklet. And one of the pages in there was the salary guide because the way it works as a teacher is like, you know, you move up a year, then you move up a, a level in the salary. There's no, you know, there's no bonuses or raises like a regular corporate job. So on that piece of paper, I just saw every dollar that I was going to earn my entire life. And that one moment, it like shook me awake. And I was like, I don't like that number. I don't like this situation. It's not a bad job, right? Like there, I have nothing against the profession. But for me, I was just like, I need to do something else. So I had a mentor who uh, this guy's name was Zach Evanesh. And he was always selling eBooks and doing, you know, these programs online. And I was like, this guy makes money on the internet. I was like, this is insane. Like I have to figure this out. And I told myself, I said, if I have a long enough runway and if I just keep on trying things, at some point, I bet I could figure this out too. So I started my own blog and it sucked. And then I pivoted and did a few more like websites and like nothing was really working. I sold a few affiliate products here and there. But the one thing I loved about that whole process was writing the copy. I always loved writing from when I was in school and it, it was never a chore. It was something enjoyable for me. And I said, that's about the same time I found out that there were, there were these people called copywriters and they get paid a lot of money to essentially hand a client a Google document full of words. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, I can do that. I was like, I don't know, what, what, you know how to write copy that way. I'm probably not going to be that good at it at first, but I know I could figure that out. And I know that's something I could do long term. How were the feelings and the emotions when you actually said, you know, I'm done? Like you walked away from that. And were people thinking, man, Chris, you're crazy, or Chris, are you, you know, good for you? And were you nervous? Like, how did that, when you walked away from that and actually did it full time, did you already have everything, like your money coming in, or was it like, I'm taking the leap? Oh, I, I, I took a while. Um, and the reason why was, uh, you know, I, my first teaching job actually wasn't that bad. And then I ended up getting non-renewed and then I had to take another teaching job in a different district. And I took like a $24,000 pay cut and that really sucked. But I actually worked for four years as a teacher while I was building up the business. And my philosophy just in life has always been like, I will, the money will continue to come in no matter what, whether it's from the job or from the business. And what I said to myself was, you know, I, I got engaged uh, during that time when I was building my business. My, you know, then fiance, now wife, were looking for a house. And I was like, I can't just have a clean, you know, go in tomorrow and quit and leave unless I have at least as much money coming in. 
And granted, it wasn't, you know, I was making fifty-two dollars or $54,000 a year as my salary, my last year of teaching. So it wasn't awful, right? But it wasn't that hard for me to replace it. I mean, it took a few years to get there. I had to get clients. And I was essentially working 80 hours a week for four years straight because I worked my day job. And then it was as soon as you get home at four o'clock, you work from four to 11. And then you work on the weekends too. You know, it was like a full day on Saturday and a half day on Sunday. And I can count on two hands how many days I took off uh, from my business in those four years. And it sucked. I mean, it really sucked. I'm not going to, you know, some people are like, yeah, entrepreneurship, it's great. And it is great. It absolutely is. But I had to slog through a lot of just like pain and rejection. And it, it's no different. Like, I'm not the only person who's experienced that. I'm sure you've, you know, had, and the listeners have had serious, uh, similar experiences. But I just worked and worked and worked until I got to the point where I was making more money in my business than I was the day job. And I said, okay, this is real. I know I can do this. I love that. And say, that was the same thing I did. So I started with so many different types of business, everything from, um, I had a paper route, obviously, but when I was really, really little, I had a paper route because I had that idea that I wanted to do it. But then I had um, started a graphic and website design company. Then I started a skateboard manufacturing business, started a, um, a convenience store and a pizzeria. I was figuring out so many different ways to replace my income. I wasn't the... I don't. I didn't have the risk tolerance to be able to just up and quit. That was that mm -hmm. would be crazy. There are people that do that, but I went the slow route and I worked my job. I worked for the government. Um, worked my job really like just a long time. And as I bought one property after another, eventually I had like thirty plus properties. Like I got plenty of money coming in. Why am I working here? Same yeah. thing. And so yeah, you and I are a lot alike in that because man, I couldn't just up and quit. That's just not me. And plus, I had a wife and kids I had to take care of. So now, Chris. If I were to get started doing copywriting, is it just starting to write or should I learn? Should, is there certifications? Do I need to go to school for that? How do we get started? Yeah. So with copy, what I've what I've learned, you know, looking back now and the, the hindsight that I have, like it, you're gonna need a period of time when you gotta learn how to write good copy. So like you might be a really good writer, you might have majored in English and gotten A's on all your papers, and that's awesome. And congrats if you did, because I, I know I didn't. But if, you know, if you were in that situation, cool. But copy is a, a completely different style of writing. You actually have to unlearn a lot of, um, you know, just different kinds of techniques because it's it's you gotta it's there's formulaic ways to write that are proven to be persuasive and proven to outconvert. So for me, I think you definitely need at least like a you know a three to six month period of going super deep reading the old school advertising books, like looking at ads every single day and kind of deconstructing them and see what makes them persuasive to you. Uh, you know, one thing I did was I, there was this program where they had us handwrite uh, like legendary sales letters every single day for like a year. And that really sucked too, but I, but I did it. But, uh, you know, just hand copying out those letters and writing it with your own hand, you kind of start to learn how to write. And I don't do that now, but I did that in the beginning. But I think if you take some time and really learn and start practicing writing, you know, like one thing that I tell people to do too is like, if you want to start writing copy, like pick a product uh, before you even have clients, like to get your first few samples, pick a product that you like and write an ad for it, write a one or two page ad or write an email for it or write, um, you know, like, like imagine you, someone hired you to write a landing page for that and, and just go through that process. And once you do that and you have a few uh, samples under your belt and you have at least a little bit of experience, what I always tell people is go write for someone for free, do a like low stress project. And some people disagree. Some people like never work for free. And I, I totally understand that viewpoint. But for me, for, for like building that confidence in yourself, I think it's okay to do one or two or even three free jobs and say, okay, 
I did this for a client, they used it and here's what happened. Now I feel good about myself and I feel confident enough that if someone gives me money, you know, I can do a decent job for them. I think that working for free, not the best way to think about it. You're working to learn. And because, you know, people just, they think work in exchange for money. Well, it's not just exchange of money that is necessary. It's the exchange of something else. Money's one of them, but learning is also fantastic. Uh, so uh, if everybody watching this on YouTube, I have a line on my head because I went skiing. So like up here, there's a line, like, so, like the suntan from my goggles. And so I, I didn't put any sunblock on. I had a friend that said, Hey, you're gonna put sunblock on? I'm like, no, I got to show, <laughs> prove that I went skiing. So I got a big line on my forehead with, with uh, uh, the suntan, a sunburn up there. But I was skiing with somebody who quit his job at 21 years old because he was working to learn. And he now he has money. He's like 23 now and he's not going to need a job, but he was working to learn. And he got so many opportunities because he was working to learn as opposed to working to make money. And so if people got that shift in mindset where they're thinking, how am I going to use this job, this J-O-B, or basically working for somebody and then learning from that so I could use that in the future. I, I'm the, I'll be the first one to say, or at least I think I would, if Warren Buffett would say, hey, does anybody want to pay me to work at my place? I say, yes, I will pay you like 10 grand a year to work at your place because I will learn so much. So Chris, I think that's brilliant. Everybody should realize we need to work to learn now. Okay. So I think it's fantastic idea to just start really just start working at it, looking at what you're doing, uh, or sorry, what do you like? And then maybe drafting something. Um, from there, if you find that you like, a, is it is it a certain style that we should write towards? Or should we look at what big companies are doing and try to go after that? Like, because I know there's other things like story brand is another copywriting type of, uh, you know, teaching. What should we just go with our own, um, our own voice? Or what are your thoughts? Like, how do we craft the right message and be good at what we do? So for me, um, that's a very good question. For me, the thing that uh, helped me really accelerate my progress was I chose like one specific type of work. So when people think about like niching down, um, especially if you're a service provider, some people are like, oh, I want to just write for health companies or I want to just write for software companies. And that's totally fine. I was never like that. Uh, I kind of get bored just staying in one industry. I like hopping around and learning, exploring. So what I decided was I was going to niche down by like the medium. So like there's people I know who just write Facebook ads. There's people like me who just write emails predominantly. And then even within that, there's people who just write launch emails or who just write automated sequences. So like you could really, it can get really like fractal, right? Um, but I always said, you know, some people just write landing pages. So they'll go on, you know, if you want to be the person who just writes landing pages and you see a lot of great pages and there's pages that like when you read them, the copy's so good, it makes like the hair on your neck stand up. Then like what you could do is you could start putting together like a, a swipe file, just a folder on your computer and save all those pages or print them out and put them in a book. And then you'll know, you'll almost have like a formula to go off of like, okay, this is the kind of project I'm going to do for someone. I'm going to find people who need help with this thing. I'm going to give them this one specific deliverable. And that allows you to go super deep and create your own processes and formulas and techniques for doing that kind of work. And like for me, that's exactly what I did with email. And I said, I there's webinars, there's VSLs, there's all these things, there's YouTube ad scripts, there's so many different things I can write. But what if I just focus on one thing that I want to write that's short, that's simple, where I could get a lot of reps in, right? Like if you're going to write a, an hour long video sales letter, you know, how many of those can you do a month? I could do 100 emails a month easily, and I do now, but I can't do 100 sales letters in a month or 100 video sales letters. So 
it, it's about, you know, can you pick a, a smaller project to get your reps in and really get polished with, with your processes? So with that, you, you polish it down. And I like the idea of having that swipe file, having that ready in hand. So to get that first client, we talked about it a little earlier, just work for free Just say, hey, I will do mm-hmm. it for you. And I think that's so for me, with, if somebody were to come to me and say, hey, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a copywriter. Like the one thing I would say to everybody, if you're going to become a copywriter, even if you've never done it, you need to start telling people, don't say, well, I'm trying to become a copywriter or I'm learning and I'm no, just say, I'm a copywriter and I really want to work with you and I'll do it for free. Like you, they, they could mm-hmm. ask, Hey, how many have you done before? You could be honest and say, well, I haven't actually done any paid gigs, but I want to work for you for free. So you need to start calling yourself in my opinion, um, anything that yeah. you're going to be doing. Start calling yourself that. Now, if we go out and find somebody, um, one company, and we start working for them for free, how do we then move on? Uh, that's successful. They're they're great. We could hopefully use them as a testimonial, which if somebody is working for me for free and they're making me money, and I'm like, yes, I'm going to give you a testimonial. Shoot, that's free. That, or that You gave me everything for free. I made money. It's easy, and it doesn't cost me anything. Here's a testimonial. So absolutely. So how do we then get that first paid gig? So what I did, because my first client, uh, I basically asked, he was in a group, he was selling products uh, on Amazon, and he was in this group where other people were doing that too. And I said, hey, if I do this for you for free, in addition to testimonial, like, would you introduce me to a, you know, a couple people who might need some help? And that was how I got my first ever $300 copywriting gig. And I did a lot for that. I worked hard for that $300. I did like a full website, bunch of emails, like package inserts. It was like this two week long project or probably three week long project back then. But I was just so amazed. I was like, holy crap, someone paid me. But then they knew people too. So it was a little bit of working the referral networks. And then another thing too, that people don't like to do. uh, And I know like job is a dirty word, right? But what happens is there's all these job boards out there where it might be Indeed or Monster or even Craigslist. And then within each, you know, this Upwork, there's within each industry, there's certain job boards where there's clients who are like, I need help. I have money. Who can I give this money to to help me? But they don't label it as a gig or a contract or they don't use the same language that people like us do. Like when we're looking to do a service for someone, we're like, man, I need a client, right? But what the, the client themselves, the way that they describe that is, I need to post a job to find someone to do this. And it doesn't mean it's a nine to five, put on a suit and tie and go to their office. I have never done that for any of my clients in seven years, but they'll, they'll say, Hey, we, we have a project and they'll post a job because they don't know how to find a copywriter. So there's like this big mismatch. And like, there's like two conversations. Everyone's talking past each other because they're using different terminology. But if you just go to those job boards, there's part-time remote gigs, there's hourly gigs, there's all different types of, of, of people who are just like, Please, someone help us with our copy. <laughs> no one ever thinks to look there. And I, the only reason I know that that these opportunities exist is because two clients that I've worked with in the past who I had long-term relationships, one of them I worked with for two years, another one I worked with for two and a half years, they posted jobs on those job boards looking for writers because they needed a second writer. And I was so amazed. I was like, oh my God, nobody knows about this. So I'm like telling everyone. That's <laughs> a huge pro tip. That is fantastic. Everybody listening. That Because, well... When you work in a, when you're working a job, it's like you're clocking in nine to five, and you're not your your own boss. When you're having a business like this, you can do whatever you want. You can take on clients. You cannot take on clients now. If you want to work for them full time and get paid full time, that's obviously a different story because you've pr- proven your skills to do that. So I I think that's that's a fantastic huge pro tip. So going in there and finding the right person to work is is there 
do you ever turn down clients? Do you ever think, oh, it doesn't really fit? Or is it like, hey, I need money. And so I could, I'll make myself, you know, fit your, your business. Yeah. So, um, now I have, you know, I've worked very hard and I've built up a lot of infrastructure in my business where clients come to me and I'm, I'm turning them away every single week because I just have that much lead flow. So I'm very thankful and blessed that for that. But there were definitely times, um, when I was like, man, I could use a gig and I don't necessarily love this client's product. I don't love their business, but I will go and be a mercenary because they need the job done and I'm the guy who can do the job and I'll come in and I'll do it and, and I'll take their money and I'll do the best job possible. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, there's a lot of people, and I totally respect this advice. If this is kind of, you know, anyone who's listening, if this is your worldview, I totally respect it. If people like just follow your passion, only do stuff you're interested in, I get that. But man, sometimes you got to pay the bills. And there's sometimes like, if you're a freelancer, especially like you'll have dips. I, I wish I could say, I wish I could wave a magic wand and make sure you'll financial freedom for the rest of your life. But there will be months every now and again where you're like, damn it, I need to take a job. So let's, let's close a client. I love, yeah, I love that. I, even if I, everything, like all my properties went away, all my businesses, everything went away, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure my family's mm -hmm. fed. I got a roof over our heads and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, absolutely. So I want to nail down a little bit more, like how do we become a good copywriter? Because honestly, anybody can just put down words on a piece of paper, but the people that I'm going to hire to be going to be a copywriter, they're going to be the ones that are going to be making me money. They're going to be saying, Hey, here's my product or no, here's my client's product, basically using voice, whatever it might be. And they eventually buy. And I only hire people for two different reasons. One, they make my life easier, you know, take away problems and take away things that I don't want to do. Or two, mm -hmm. they make me money. And so how do we make sure that we're actually being a good copywriter? Do we got to keep learning? Um, yeah. So yeah, how do we do that? So... The the one thing that I've, if I could distill it down to one thing, it's you got to write every single day. You have to write something every single day. Uh, I write copy seven days a week. Some, some days it'll be a headline, right? Like some days it's a Sunday and I'll type out a headline on my phone and that might be my writing for the day. Usually it's more than that because I have my own email list and everything else. But it's like you just start writing every single day and never stop. And you want stuff out in public and tested as much as possible. So this is kind of like, it's a bit of a catch 22, right? Because if you want to get good, you need experience in the trenches, actually writing copy for either your own business or for a client's business, and then having it put out in the marketplace and see the data and see how it does and get that feedback and say, oh, this one flopped, this piece did well. And then you kind of get like a filter and you kind of build like this mental operating system for oh, here's the best practices. Here's the things that I know work. Here's my bread and butter copy techniques or the style that I write my headlines or whatever it is. But obviously you need clients to make that happen. So in the beginning, all I could say is if you just get into the habit of writing every day, then you are a writer. And it, it's got to become like a part of your identity. And the more and more that becomes a part of your identity, if you continue to do that, more of those opportunities will, will find you essentially. And then your writing will shift from you just practicing and writing stuff to yourself to you're now most of the writing you're doing is being tested and it's for clients and, and, and people are using it. They're giving you feedback and then you're starting to iterate and say, Oh, okay. You know, I, I did this thing and it worked and, and this other thing, uh, you know, didn't work so well or whatever. I, yeah. In testing, you really see what does work and doesn't work. So investing in real estate. So I bought my first property and a lot of things I did wrong. And as I kept building my business, a lot of things I did wrong. And I was basically 
testing the business model, seeing what didn't work, pull, rip that out of my business. And whatever did work, I kept it in the business. And the same thing, it seems like with copywriting is whatever's not working, you know, pull that out, whatever is working, keep that in there and keep trying to keep all the good things, all the good things that are rolling in there. But I also want to talk about in that testing, how do we analyze the data? How do we test it? How do we know what is working? Is it just because, hey, this email made a sale? Is there other things like how do we look at the numbers? How do we make sure that we're doing it right? That's a that's a deep question. Um, <laughs> it's a good question. So here, here's what I'll say. So you want to, tr- the best thing that you could ever do, and the thing that made a big difference when I was kind of going from like a beginner to a journeyman to like now an expert in the field, um, was finding, you know, in the beginning, I had a lot of clients where it's one project, it's a one off, or maybe, you know, one project, and then a month later, they'll hit me up and we'll do something. That's the extent of the working relationship. Where I got really good was when I decided to work long term with just a small handful of clients. And I worked with this one client for 31 months, and I was their head copywriter and copy chief. And I did every, I was, you know, I was copy chief by default because I was the only writer, (laughs) but that's what I labeled myself. But uh, I did every single piece of copy that went out for that business and every existing piece they had, I worked on it and improved it. So I had a feedback loop with that client and we would do a campaign. They'd say, I'd say, how much sales? What were the opens and clicks like? You know, let's look at all those things or how did this promotion do? Or how do we do last year in the launch before I got here? Okay, let's see what the launch is like this year. So it, it it helps to definitely have that client where you can go deep and you can, you know, there was a part-time retainer that I had with them. And, you know, I worked, uh, you know, 10 to 20 hours a week. So it wasn't uh, like a full-time job, right? But it gave me that opportunity where week after week I was in meetings. I, I volunteered to go into meetings because I wanted to know that data. And then what happens is after a while, you can go back to the opposite direction where you don't have to have a small bunch of clients because you have that knowledge you took from that gig. So like after I left those gigs, I started doing one or two projects and I just knew, Oh, I've done a project like this before. I've done an email sequence like this before. I've done six email sequences of this type. I know the two that work the best. That's the model I'm going to use for these other clients. It seems like it also can become more inherent. Like you're an expert now. You're an absolutely expert. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, another sideway um, to think about it. In rental properties, I know my business model so well. I've been doing it for, I don't know, 13, 15, or however many years now. I I know it so well that I could just look at a property. Somebody could tell me and take maybe five to 10 seconds to tell me the property. I ask a couple questions. I'll say whether or not it's going to be a good deal. It's going to make me money or not because I've done it so many times. Mm. I know what is actually going to work or not. It sounds like that's the case because it almost becomes like an instinct because you're you're a writer now. And I love the idea of writing every single day because you're it's like a muscle. You keep working at that. You keep working at that muscle over and over again. It gets stronger. It gets bigger and it it gets better. And so I love that idea. So it does seem like as you get better, you become an expert or the expert. Because I know there are a number of people that would call themselves like the copyright guru, like go pay them um, to, to learn from them or something like that. Do we need to do that where we go to a guru and learn from them? Or is it because it sounds like it's something we can work into it? Or is it a beneficial to go learn from a guru? I think it's an accelerant. Um, so I know for me, the first couple of years, I didn't do much coaching at all. Um, and, but when I started to, to do coaching, it definitely accelerated my progress by leaps and bounds. And now I'm in, I have a coach and, and I'm in, uh, his name is Kevin Rogers. He runs copychief.com. He's phenomenal. And, uh, he's been coaching me for years now. And, and I don't plan on that changing anytime soon because, <laughs> you know, what I, what I've learned, like you can absolutely do it without coaching. So hundred percent you can. 
but I'm of the I'm kind of like you where I'm like I know that if I can invest in something that's going to make that's going to shortcut my process just like how you said you hire people to help you make money like that's essentially what I'm doing because it's kind of like hiring an expert like board of directors to help you grow your company right it's like I can go to the board and say hey what should we do about this and that's what I do to the people who I'm in the mastermind with and and with Kevin I'll say hey man so like here's what I'm thinking blah 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 and he'll say mm, you know I've I've seen around that corner that you can't see yet like this is what you should do and he's right and i just i i it's a lot of money i pay him a lot of money but and then i just follow his advice to a t and anyone that i hire so uh, i'm working with uh this guy patrick kenny who's helped me with youtube ads and i'm like hey man you're smarter than me at this i'm gonna give you money you tell me what to do and then i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna get the hell out of my own way and just make it happen so I think I think at some point you'll probably want to, you know, like from the very beginning, you're probably not going to have money to do it uh, unless you have a job or some other form of income coming in. So it's going to be hard. But I think it's an accelerant. And I think that once you start doing it and you start seeing the, the ROI you get from it, that you'll almost be like, why would I ever stop doing this? That's my, my like, you know, mindset on it. I think it's absolutely right. And if everybody listening can realize how much they've paid for college, if you've paid anything over what most people, 30, 40, mm-hmm. 50, $60,000 for a piece of paper. Now you do get education. You do get experiences. I completely understand all that, but why would you pay for college and not pay for somebody that can actually coach you in something that you would literally make money? So let's just say that coaching is like, let's say $2,000, you go through the course or you go through the coaching and the mentorship or whatever it might be. I'm, 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 not, I'm just guessing. But if it's like $2,000, you're like, man, that's a lot of money. You, If you paid $40,000, $50,000 for college, $2,000 should be nothing, especially when you can start a business right then, right after, right, mm-hmm. right when you're done, you start working. I love those ideas. And I love the idea of getting other people, like being in a mastermind too. You touched on that. That's fantastic. And having a mentor walking you through, like, you're absolutely right. Hey, around this corner, this is what's going to happen. And you need to be watching out for that. And so because a lot of people that like us are getting started, we don't know what's there. We don't know what problems are there and also what potential opportunities could come out of that. So I think that's great. Now, it seems like you also, and you said this a little bit earlier, you have deal flow or like not deal flow, uh, leads coming in, lead flow, mm-hmm. deal flows, real estate, lead flow coming in for you to get more clients um, before we, because I want to touch on um, how to, how to get uh, lead flow. But before we do that, is it better or how do you think we should structure our deals? Is it a one-off like write an email campaign of like eight emails or whatever it might be, or is it to be caught or kept, I'm stuttering, kept on retainer? If you, is it better to do that or is there, because it seems like there's quite a few different ways to get paid. Yeah. So it's funny. I actually have a course on negotiating copywriting retainer deals. And one of the things that I teach in that course is that before you ever think about the R word, the first thing you should do, no matter, you know, no matter what, no matter what your intentions, whether you want to work with this client for 10 years, or you just want to test them out, always do a test project, always do one off. Hey, you know, X amount of money for Y amount of deliverables, fee-based, not hourly, and feel each other out, right? Like go on a date before you get married. Like that's always my mentality with it, you know? And uh, I think it helps because there's some people who are like, wow, this sounds amazing. And then you do the test project. You're like, holy crap, I dodged a bullet by not, you know, locking myself into anything and vice versa, right? So that's always my recommendation uh, because there's nothing wrong with that. It's a perfectly reasonable ask to to start off with a smaller project. But, um, you know, it, it also depends on your goals, right? Like some people 
are within the whole world of like copy or any kind of service. Like you could do a productized service and say, I just do 10 email autoresponders and I just take my formula and I go business A, business B, and I just run a hundred clients through it a year. And that's totally cool if you want to do that. There's other people who like creating bespoke stuff and they'll work on work for three months on one piece of copy for one client, but they know the payoff is huge. So it just depends on like, and and you'll probably have to try a few different models before you get what you like, you know? Um, I've tried them all and uh, they all have pros and cons. That's the thing. Like I wish that there was one perfect, like here's the model and you'll love it and there will never be any problems. But like, as I've went from done for you copywriting to retainers, to even some performance stuff, to consulting, to coaching, to selling my own info products, I I've, I've run the whole gamut and I'm like, you know what? There's problems with everything. There's a lot of pros with everything, but it's like what set of pros and what set of cons are you willing to accept into your life? And then just embrace it and love it and just, you know, try to, try to, Get, you know, get good with the process there. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I w- you touched on something that I would like to look into just a little bit more is getting paid for the results, like the value of what you're like, how much sales or getting like a portion of it. Like, Hey, you increase my sales by this much, you'll get a portion of this. What are your thoughts about that? And is that something that we should do? Yeah. So it's, it's great if you can have a good working relationship with someone, but uh, from my experience, it comes with a high level of trust. Um, so both and I think sides, the way probably hundred percent, both sides, like it's really, it really is a partnership at that point. You have to be comfortable enough to, you know, trust them with the keys to your house essentially. Right. Like you have to, I mean, maybe that's a bit of a, of a reach, but like, you gotta be really comfortable and know that these people, even if you have contracts and everything else, like I know a lot of people have gotten screwed, but I've known a lot of people also who have had very profitable and very awesome relationships. So, but that's again, a function of trust. So like you could start off, you could do a test project, you could work on retainer with them for a year. And then eventually you might get to the point where it's like, Hey, they might want, they might approach you and say, we want to incentivize you because you have good ideas and we like what you're doing for us. And we want to, to just, you know, help you own this and, and take it even further for us. It makes sense for them because think about it, you know, if they're paying you 5%, 9%, you know, 12%, whatever it is, 12% is not bad. Right. And you make them a million dollars. Like that's not a bad little take you got there. Right. In addition to, Obviously, it's all relative depending on the client, the work you do and everything else and the deal you can negotiate, but the numbers can get pretty big. Um, And there are sometimes where you're so good at your craft, where in order to get someone that kind of result, as you get better and better, the amount of, you know, it might not take you a year to get that result. It might take you one month. It might take you writing one email sequence, right? So, but yeah, it's definitely a good model to explore, but it's just about developing that trust with someone. And that I think comes with just a lot of exposure to each other and a lot of, you know, work, working, uh, a previous working relationship. What are your thoughts about Fiverr or freelancer or Upwork or anything like that? Is that for one, two, I guess, two part question for somebody getting started or somebody even really in the business that needs to, you know, uh, drum up more business, is it good for them to be on there? And then two, me as somebody who would hire a copywriter, is it smart for me to hire somebody off of there? So, as a copywriter, um, I don't know, you know, I know people who've done stuff on Fiverr. Like, here's the thing. If you've never had a paying gig before and you just need to get yourself over that hump and say, someone paid me for something and I wrote it and I did it and you really have no luck with anything else, go on Fiverr, whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm not a snob. I'm not going to be like, oh, don't ever do it. Like, do what you got to do to get over the hump. But don't stay there for the next 10, 5, 10 years. Don't stay there for the next 12 months, right? Like, continue to, to move up and to improve and to, to work up the food chain. So that's my opinion there. Upwork, you know, here's the thing. Years ago, I was on Upwork. And uh, 
this was back then. Everyone was like, you can't get any, you know, you can't get a gig for more than a couple hundred bucks if you're a copywriter. And then I closed a $2,000 gig. And I was like, okay, so I guess those people don't know what the hell they're talking about. And clearly it's just like, you know, dogma or it's just like these false beliefs that people have. So, and that was years ago. I know in Upwork recently, uh, and I, I haven't been on the platform, but I've talked to some newer writers. Sometimes people say that it's a little bit hard. It's a little bit crowded as a copywriter and like, it's hard to get approved. So sometimes they'll like, be like, oh, I'm a graphic designer, and then just change, especially once they're on. I don't really know the nuances of it because I just haven't been on the platform. But the thing is, again, it's a place where people are looking to hire. They're like, we have money. We want to give it to someone. And it's not hard to stand out. If you're already on the platform, you have an account. It's not hard. Like I posted gigs there for uh, for things that I've needed to hire. And then for even some of my clients, I've, I've helped them with the hiring process. And the bar is so low. It's really not hard to step over. Like there's people where I'm like, hey, here's what I need. I need X, Y, and Z. Like, can you let me know if you can do these three things? You know, if you've done this before, if you have experience, and then you get these responses from people in like other countries who are like, we are a full service, whatever. And they'll list 30 things that have nothing to do with your job post. And like, that's 90% of the messages these people get. So if you can just be better than all those people who aren't even reading the, the post and just sending a generic template, you probably have a pretty good shot of getting hired. That's great. Now, if yeah. And if you're, if you're hiring, yeah, I don't think it's, I've known clients who uh, I've worked with clients who they, for certain, not necessarily for copy, but for certain projects they've, they've gone on Upwork. But um, I know some clients who've had pretty good businesses who, who've found copywriters on Upwork. And I know some writers who, you know, have gotten clients and I'm like, how'd you find that client? They're like Upwork. And I was like, wow, really? Like that person was looking for a writer on Upwork. But the big thing is, it's good to be in a few places, right? It's good to not just limit it to just Upwork or just Fiverr, or just Craigslist or just Monster or just that community you're in or that Facebook group. I think, you know, you want to, you want to, there's leads everywhere. There's jobs everywhere. So the more places you could be in, the better. Now, let's switch it a little bit from the conversation's been, you know, how does somebody become a copywriter? Now let's switch just a little bit. And where I am a employer, I'm a business and I need to hire my first copywriter. Let's get that perspective. Now, if I'm going to hire my first copywriter, what are the steps? Should I go out and just, uh, if I find somebody, I, I get a referral uh, from somebody, Hey, this person does my copywriting. Should I jump in a whole hog or should I have them test an email campaign? Like as an employer or somebody that would hire a copywriter, what, what should I do to get started with copywriting? Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, going to referrals is always pretty, pretty solid. Um, and, and that's a lot of like, especially like a lot of high level copywriters too. They'll only, some of them will only take people on referral. Um, so that's a good place. You know, you can, I have clients who like, I'm just going to approach this like from my own experience too, because I have some possibly useful context. Like I'll have people who, Oh, I found you through Google. I found your website or your article and you seem like, you know, what you're talking about, and some of those relationships have been good. Some of them have just been like, oh, you're not what we're looking for or whatever, which is fine. Um, but then there's other like like going to copywriting communities like like Copy Chief, my, my coach's uh, community, like it exists to make those relationships to facilitate those. So there's people like Kevin or there's some other people in the industry who you can say, hey, you have this community of writers. Like, here's what I'm looking for. Would you be able to help me find a person to do this? Right. Um, it also depends on what you need. Like, are you looking for someone full or part-time? Then maybe it makes sense to put out a job posting, right? Um, because there's different kinds of freelancers, the people who just want to be the freelance lifestyle, and maybe they're a digital nomad and they just want a couple clients here and there. And they're not like, they're not trying to kill themselves and build an empire. There's other people who just are looking for a job. They've done the freelance thing for 10 years and they're like, you know, what? I just want some, some stability and I'd like to just have a remote full-time or part-time position with someone where I get a check every month and I kind of just chill and do my work. So 
it helps first getting clear on exactly what you need and what your objective is. You know, if it's just a one-off project, maybe just looking for a referral, but like, hey, do you know anyone who could help me write an email sequence? Do you know anyone who could help me, you know, fix my website copy? Then referrals are probably best. If it's something more long-term, going to one of those community heads uh, like Kevin or going to a job board might be, uh, uh, might bear more fruit for you. But I think when you start it, like definitely an interview, um, you'll want to know the, the writer's story. You might want to see some of the stuff they've done. There's got to be some like chemistry, you know, like you got to feel like you get them and they get you. Um, and then definitely a test project. Uh, it could, you know, it depends, um, you know, if you're looking for Facebook ads, if you, or you need to optimize your entire front end funnel, then like, yeah, have them write an ad, have them, you know, give them, give you some headlines, like pay for it because it's their time. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, some people are like, I'm not going to pay you for a test project. And it's like, okay, well then the good writers aren't going to want to work with you. So, you know, it, it, it's, I think you, you can buy quality, you know, by, by seeing who's serious and who's not. Yeah, especially if you get somebody that's a referral and there you have somebody else saying, yes, I believe this person's good at their business, copywriting, you should absolutely should be okay with paying for them to do a test. Now, if you look at their previous stuff, just to make sure, like, can I just couple, see a couple samples? Okay, I would think that is not a overburdensome thing to ask for. Just give me, send me a couple of things that I can read over. Okay, good. I like that. Now I own, you have a referral. Next step is, let me go ahead and pay you to do something small. Like here's a small little project, see how it does and see how it turns out. So I think that's great. Now let's switch right back to now the idea of building a business where you're doing copywriting and then you'll be able to quit your job. How do you scale the business to where you know, you know that you have money coming in? It's like, it's either recurring or it is you have a bunch of leads coming in. Like you said, how do we now scale it to do that where we have money coming in or clients coming in and money coming in? So I think the way that you scale is with um, developing some kind of process. And really, like, you don't actually have to develop your own process from scratch. Like, if you bought someone's course, and you're really good, like, like Jeff Walker, he teaches people, how, he was a, a client of mine, I worked with him for two years, and he teaches people how to launch, like, you could just do launches, and you could just follow his formula and do it for clients, right? Like, that's actually one of the bonuses, he says, hey, if you want to do launches for people, like, here's how you get the clients, he like, it's one of the bonuses he gives out um, with the course. So like, sometimes people will have marketing experts will have processes, uh, or templates or formulas that you could follow. And that could be at least the, the bedrock for the kind of work that you're doing. And what happens is the, the thing that makes this like not scalable is when you sit down and say, okay, new client, completely different project. Last time I did an emails, this time I'm writing a landing page. The next time I'm writing a webinar script and you're starting from a blank page every single time doing completely different things. That is hard and that's not exactly scalable. I mean, obviously as a freelancer, you're always going to have some limit because a freelancer is kind of by definition are selling their time. Usually they're selling their time at a huge markup. I mean, you know, when you, when you do a project for $5,000 and it takes you a week and that's what you used to make in a month, obviously, you know, you can make four times your income. So it's an okay, uh, you know, trade of your time for money. But uh, the way that you get it's it, it'll like if you have some kind of formula or process for doing the, the project and doing the work and you know, okay, I'm not starting from a blank page. I have 40% of this done already because I know I have to write the headline, then the lead, then the this, then that, and then whatever. That's one way to do it. Um, another way to do it is what I've done is uh, start your own email list and publish content and uh, build yourself a pipeline. It's like that old parable about you know the pipelines versus the buckets. Like one guy on the island was carrying buckets back and forth in the river. The other guy took his time and built a pipeline. And then all he had to do was turn the spigot on and off whenever he wanted water, put the other guy out of business. So that's what I've done. It's definitely hard. It definitely takes some time, but man, once once it's once the pipeline's built, it's worth it.
<laughs> that's brilliant. I love that analogy too. And as you have that pipeline, I mean, it takes a lot of work, but here's the thing. If it takes two years to where, or maybe three years, let's say at most four or five years to build up enough clients, but enough business and your skill set to be able to do this, think about being able to quit your J-O-B, the just overbroke job, working for somebody else full time to where you're now you're working for yourself. Never in the history of the world has it been so amazing to be able to do that. People used to have to work 40 years in order to quit and retire at 68, 70 years old, and then they're old and tired and they won't do anything. If you can mm -hmm. do that in, you know, four, five, six years, oh my goodness, if not two years. So, man, that is so fantastic. Now, uh, Chris, it's been fantastic. You've given us so much great wisdom. I want to jump into the rapid fire round. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So the first question is, obviously, we have a little more time on our plates or in our hands because we're not working at 40 plus hours a week, but we eventually will die. Every single one of us will die. Not to be morbid, but I want to know what would you put on, what would you like to see on your headstone? What would you like people to remember you as? Wow. I've never been asked that before. That's a, that's a deep <laughs> that's question. A tough one. Yeah. Oh man. Um, how many, how many characters do I have? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Fill it out. Okay. Uh, you know, I would like to, I, you know, I would like to, to have something that says that, you know, he, I lived it the way that I wanted to live on my own terms. And like, that's, I'm sure there's probably so many cool answers people have given for you, but like, you know, just like he lived, like he did what he wanted to do and didn't play by other people's rules. Because I think for so many years of your life, when you're in school and everything else, and then even at your job, it's like, you are literally living according to someone else's agenda. And like your agenda is secondary. And like, for me, the kind of person that I am, the most important thing is like knowing that I look back and I did what I wanted to do, and I didn't let other people stop me from that. Got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not a rule follower. I mean, especially people that are entrepreneurial, we're usually not rule followers because if we follow the rules, we'll go to college, get in a lot of debt, get in a job, and then buy a house, and then retire when we're 68. That's not a life for me. I don't want to do yeah. that. So if you were to give, what, what is one piece of advice that you would give to anybody listening other than starting? We, we've already got started. What's one piece of advice that you would give to us as a beginning copywriter? Learn email marketing. Uh, and obviously, I'm a little biased there because that's like what I do. But uh, the reason why I initially specialized in that, and I, I was like, no matter what you use to sell, no matter how you advertise, no matter how you generate traffic or do any of those like marketing things, at some point, email is involved in the process. Like every single business in the world has or should have an email list. And that's where your best, most valuable customers are. So even if you don't want that to be the predominant thing that you do, it's it, you could double the amount of money that you make as a copywriter. Like if you do a landing page or if you do a website and you say, hey, what are you doing for your emails? Oh, we don't know what we're doing. Oh, I could do that for you too. There's the upsell. So you could essentially double the value of every project you ever do and just being okay at it. Like you don't have to be the email copywriter to do it, right? Like you could just be good enough and, and, and close bigger projects and get better results for your clients too. That's great. I completely agree with that. Now, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? It could be business, it could be life, whatever it might, might be. What would it be? Believe in yourself and trust the process and it'll happen. Um, that's one thing I've learned. Like I used to be so impatient and I guess looking back, like maybe that was a good thing. Like, you know, and I don't, I wouldn't change that about myself, but I would just tell myself like, Hey man, you're doing the right things. It sucks right now. I know it's not the most fun thing in the world getting, getting this car moving, but,
but you're going to be cruising at some point and just continue to to have faith in yourself and, and believe. Yeah, that's great. What is one tool, one app, uh, could be a piece of paper and pen. Like what is something that you utilize in your life almost every day or regularly that we should look into using? Uh, ConvertKit. Um, and that's my email marketing software. And again, I'm obviously biased, but uh, it's it's such a, that is the greatest asset that you could have. Even if you do, like for years, I had an email list with 55 people. And I eventually I said, I'm going to just start emailing these people. And even if it goes to zero, I don't care. But it took me a while. And then I eventually started to grow that list. And that was like, the biggest, the best thing I ever did for my business was, was growing my own list and having, building that leverage into my life. So, you know, that's probably the one app I spend the most time in there just because I'm always sending emails and then looking at the data and, and managing my database of people who, who want to hear from me. Yeah. I, I used to use ConvertKit. ConvertKit's great. I switched over to a thing called Kartra. And it has basically, okay. yeah, it has everything from emails to landing pages and the, the uh, memberships or courses and all stuff. But yeah, I think ConvertKit is really good. Now, what is one, it could be two, but um, give us a nonfiction book that we should read that you that has really impacted you. Uh, it's by Scott Adams. It's called How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big. And uh, have you read that book? No, I haven't. I got it though. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's, I guess you could call it... I guess it's like personal development, but it's really like, there's just big concepts from that book. Like one of the biggest things was systems over goals. And that's what Scott Adams talks about. He says, if you set a goal, that's okay, but that's not going to help you get what you want. Like what you want to do is create systems. So like, if you want to lose weight, like don't say I want to lose 30 pounds, say I'm going to go to the gym four times a week and I'm going to eat less than 2000 calories a day and then run the system, see what happens. And like, it, it almost sounds obvious when you hear that, but when you start actually applying this thinking in your life. Like what I did with my business was I said, I'm going to, my system is not, I want to make a million dollars a year or whatever, or whatever crazy financial goal I have. It's like, I'm going to write an email every day. I'm going to publish a piece of content every week. I'm going to do a YouTube video every week. And those systems, it's amazing what happens when you start running your life on systems rather than goals. And that was like, the, there's a ton of other concepts in that book too, but that was like life-changing for me. That is brilliant. Yeah. And I love fa uh, failing. I love failing because I learn so much more when I fail. Um, there's a, a fun movie that I really liked. It's called Rounders. And Rounders, it talks about, it's play, basically playing poker. And they'll say that it's basically says that Every single poker player will, they, they love the wins. Obviously, wins are great, but they will absolutely remember every single loss. Like any big loss, a big failure that they've done, they'll remember every single bit of that because they won't want to let that happen again. I love mm -hmm. that. But at the same time, the systems, if you have a system in place in your life and you implement it, and if it eventually doesn't work out, then you could change that system. Yeah, because that's why they have the uh, you know New Year's resolutions. That's why everybody literally stops them because it's just a resolution. Yeah. You don't put that system in. That's great. Now, Chris, you've given us so much great wisdom. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, if they wanted to get to know you more or know more about what you do, how can they do that? Um, just go to my website, theemailcopywriter.com, um, and sign up for my list. That's probably the best way to... Uh, you know, that's where the real magic happens because I write an email every day and it's not, you know, it's not some of these emails you see, it's like, here's a, here's a product, here's 20% off, buy it. Like I actually provide value. I tell stories, I share good content. Uh, I teach you something. You leave better after reading my email than when you came in. And that's my goal, like every single day. So, uh, and, and I'm very consistent and I think that's probably I'm biased, but I think that's the smartest thing you can do. <laughs> so you actually write a, uh, you wake up and you write an email and that it goes out every single day, man, that's a, that sounds like a lot of work, but at the same time, it's an email. I mean, but 
it just seems like that's so much value that you're putting out to your people. That's, that's great, man. Yeah. I call it, uh, I have a course actually that that's coming out now. Uh, it's called pay yourself first. And this is basically my magnum opus on like using email to drive forward your business and the whole philosophy of paying yourself first. Like that's, you're exactly right. Like, yeah, I wake up and before I pay an invoice or before I pay my bills or before I give my clients my time, I pay myself first. I write that email. I send to my list. I do something that's bringing in money. I create that asset because that message can also be taken. It could be a Facebook ad. It could become an article or a course, that idea that I took from my head. And I just make it a point to pay myself first every single day because my business is the most important thing in the world to me rather than everyone else's business. So that's just like the philosophy I have. Um, and it's an investing concept, you know, but it, it, I think it applies for marketing and, and growing your business and entrepreneurship too. Fantastic, Chris. You give us so much great insights. I really, really appreciate you being on the show. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Dustin. This was a great time. I appreciate it. All right, man. You take care. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successful unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.